Well, take your attention to Luke chapter 2. And it says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout. And he was waiting. Everybody say waiting. For the consolation of Israel. I had to look that up just so you know. It is the comfort of Israel. Which is the birth of of Jesus Christ okay that's where we at y'all with me okay and the Bible says that the Holy Ghost was upon him and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ this man was in a season of waiting because he had a promise and the Bible says that he came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law then took he him up in his arms and blessed God not much is stated about this guy but we do know that he was just and devout and before this passage he was in a season of waiting for a promise given to him by the spirit he was promised that he would not see death before he seen Jesus. We don't know how long he had to wait. We don't know how long. We don't even know how old he is. But all we know is that he was directed by the Spirit into a waiting season. Our waiting seasons are sometimes sent to us by the Holy Ghost. He didn't know when the promise would come, but he had to simply trust God in his journey. And the Spirit directed him to show up at the right place and at the right time in the season was over waiting is the compound interest of heaven and dividends of faith are added to you by time do you believe that I want to speak to you just for a few moments on the wonder of waiting the wonder the surprise, the unexpected beauty of waiting, of waiting. Do you love him? Do you trust him? <laughs> you can be seated. Statistics do show that we spend an average of about an hour a day waiting. It may be waiting in line, 
waiting for news, waiting on a response, waiting on hold, ironically waiting for your food to warm up in the microwave, and today you may have been waiting on your spouse to finish getting ready. All these moments of waiting can add up very quickly. And over the lifespan of 70 years, you can very easily spend three years of your life waiting on your next step. Waiting on your next moment. Waiting on your next turn. And waiting on the report. Spiritually, it's the very same way because there are seasons where we're seemingly waiting for no reasons. And there arises interruptions and delays in the promises that God has given you. But it is in these moments that we must learn to lean in and not become discouraged in the season of your waiting. I know you don't like to wait. Who loves to wait? No one loves to wait. No one likes to be in line. No one likes to be waiting on their turn. But sometimes the Spirit puts us in a season of waiting, not to destroy us, but to build us and make us better and to strengthen our faith. In Luke chapter 8, we find an account that is also found in two other Gospels and all presented in the same fashion. We find that there's a man by the name of Jairus who was a ruler of the synagogue. And he had a daughter who was 12 years old and she was very, very sick, nigh unto death. And Jesus was in town. And so Jairus, this ruler of the synagogues, went to Jesus and told him, Jesus, will you come to my house? My daughter is sick unto death. Will you come and heal her? And Jesus, of course, obliged his request, and so they was on their way. And it's right here many times that we get derailed in Scripture because there's a very famous passage of Scripture, which I call the miracle in the middle. It is in this moment, and on their journey to Jairus' house, there comes the woman with the issue of blood. And she comes up and she touches Jesus. I've heard lots of messages on the woman with the issue of blood, but not very many on Jairus. Because there's something in our heart that when we learn that Jairus had to wait on his promise, we detour. Because we love the immediate. We love the passion of being healed in the moment and getting our promise and our, our prayer answered in the very moment that we touch Jesus. We love instant miracles in our life. When we pray, we expect God to do it now. And when He doesn't do it now, we get discouraged. And we get derailed. And sometimes some of us has even been in a place where you ask God for something in your life and you ended up stop praying for the whole matter altogether. Because we don't like to wait. But what about Jairus this morning? 
I want to bring him out from the darkness because I want to bring him to the forefront because I believe it is in this passage of Scripture God is teaching us that sometimes God will answer a prayer immediately. But there are some times when God says, I need to pump the brakes because I want your faith to grow because I've got something better in store for you. I need you to go into a season of waiting. But it's very challenging to wait. But it is in a waiting that actually allows our faith to do its perfect work. I believe it's in the waiting is where we become stronger. I believe it's in the waiting where our faith begins to grow. I believe it's in the waiting is where we actually begin to trust God and begin to lean in on Him and begin to lean not on your own understanding. Because he has asked you to wait. I believe there's two types of people in this house this morning. There are people that are waiting. And there are people that are going to be waiting. At some point in your walk with God, if you plan on growing in him and your faith to be strengthened, there's going to be a moment when there's going to be an interruption in your promise. There's going to be a delay in your answer. And it's up to you to say, what am I going to do in this season of waiting? (laughs) No one likes to wait. Many of you haven't figured out this message, so you're just looking at me right now like, why is he telling me I got to wait? But I promise you it will benefit you to understand the power and the wonder of waiting. Because I do believe from the onslaught of Jairus and his miracle, I believe Jesus did not ever set out to heal a sick little girl because if you read the passage of scripture the messenger comes and says the don't bother the lord any longer but the girl is dead have you ever been in a place where it seems your promise may have already died while you have waiting like your promise there's no way god can do what i've asked him to do there's no way that god can show up now and make a difference i want to tell you we serve a god who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or even think it wasn't jesus's mode of operations just to heal the girl. I believe it was Jesus' point and purpose to raise her from the dead because he had a greater plan for this guy named Jairus. So maybe your delay is actually a setup for greater. Is it changing your perspective? Is it changing your mindset to say, you know what, maybe... Maybe God has me waiting because he has something greater for me. Maybe he wants to build me because he'll never have you wait to tear you down. <laughs> but the waiting season can be, very, can be very troubling. I will talk about this just a minute. Because I don't like to wait. I have promises that I have been praying for. I have promises that God has given me. And it seems like, God, when is it ever going to happen? When is it going to take place? But there are three things that can happen to you while you're waiting that I want you to be aware of. Sometimes in your season of waiting, you can get weary in waiting. And it'll seem like 
in this season, I'm all alone and the world is passing me by and, and everybody is getting their miracle and everybody is getting their blessing and it seems like I'm just sitting here on the sideline waiting on God to do what he said he could do. Many times we find ourselves just waiting on the result. We're waiting on an answer. We're waiting for just a small crack in the door of opportunity. And all this time when you get into this season of waiting, we can become weary because that's where we start to worry and have fear and anxiety. And we feel, did, did, God, did, did God misdirect me? Did he mislead me? I want to tell you, no, God did not mislead you. God knows exactly where he has you. He has something greater for you in your life. In these seasons of weariness, we find that our enemy has one purpose, and that's to steal and to kill and destroy. When you're in God's waiting room, I want you to understand this is where the enemy can come in and dishearten you. But this is where you must learn to encourage yourself in the word of God and in prayer. This is where you must understand for God's purpose in your life. Because he says in Jeremiah 29 and 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. He says in Hebrews 10 and 23, you got to hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm and that God is a God that can keep his promises you must understand when you get weary and you're waiting, you got to lean in on the word of God because he is a God that will keep his promises. He understands your path. He knows exactly where you're at because he says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. He knows every step you're going to take. He knows when you're going to get up in just a few moments and begin to walk to the door. He knows where you're going to be at tomorrow. And he's already working out the answer in your life. But you got to learn to trust God. I know he'll never fail me. I know I have an expected end. If I can just hang on and let my faith continue to grow. It is in the waiting season where we can also get bitter at God. We can get bitter because God has you waiting. And you feel like you can do better yourself. Anybody been there? Anybody ever made that mistake? Let's be real. You got impatient with God. He had you in a season of waiting. Sometimes a season of waiting is you're putting your life upon the potter's wheel. <laughs> it's that season of waiting where God is beginning to develop you and to mold you to where you want to be. And you get impatient with God. And as a vessel of choice, you jump off the potter's wheel. Which leaves your life broken and disappointed. Because God didn't come through for you. It's not that God did not come through for you. It's just that you didn't wait long enough. And you look at your life and God, why didn't you do it? And you get bitter and you get mad at God. But God says, it wasn't me. I knew where I was bringing you. I knew the purpose I had in your life. I know the greater things I was going to do. But don't get bitter. In your waiting season, because he is our faith 
our trust, and our hope. I believe this danger was what Jesus told Simon Peter. Because when you're in a waiting season is when the enemy will try to come in to sift you as wheat. He will try to shake you and say, God is done with you and it's not going to happen. And you try to take control of your own life and you get off the potter's wheel. But it's also in this moment, in your season of waiting, that just like Jesus told Simon Peter, he says, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. I want you to understand. Stay up on the potter's wheel. Don't get bitter when things aren't going your way. It's not happening fast enough. All because your answer's not here yet does not mean God is not through. And when you get weary and you get bitter, just know Jesus is praying for you. You ready for the third one? I keep watching that clock. And that boy is moving fast. I'm just letting you know. The third thing that can happen to us in our waiting season. This is a good one. I've been waiting. I'm going to pounce it on you. That we got to be careful of is that we can become jealous Think about Jairus for a moment. His miracle was urgent. And it was the greatest need of his life. And other people was getting their miracle. Sometimes in your season of waiting, you can become jealous because everybody else is getting their miracle. It may be simply as your spouse needing a job and, and your friend's spouse got a job with a promotion and you get jealous because your spouse hasn't had a job in months and suddenly somebody else is being elevated and, and the adversary can put a seat of jealousy in your life. It's good stuff. Maybe you are... A family, a young family, and all you want is a child, and you've tried so many things, and things are not working out, but yet you look across the congregation, you look across the store, and you see a family of four and five, and you see them so happy, and that's your greatest desire is to have a family, and you can't have one yet, and God's promised you that you would. God promised you, and you get jealous. Understanding that your season of waiting so powerful because that's how this is where God creates in us what He desires the most from you. You may get jealous when somebody else's son or daughter recovers, somebody else's son or daughter gets saved, and somebody else's family member gets saved, and you still praying for yours. I want to tell you, do not get jealous because our God is a God of exceeding abundance he will never produce less in your life than what you expected because God will always exceed your expectation at the end of your waiting season from personal experience it is very frustrating to follow a God who constantly instructs us to wait on him because why is waiting such a critical part of spirituality why this message today? Why not a regular message? I want to tell you because, because waiting 
is where your faith actually becomes necessary. It's in the waiting season that you have to actually do what God has asked you to do. Because a God of immediate gratification requires no faith. If God answered every prayer before it left your lips, you would have zero faith. It is the waiting and the silence where your faith can fully develop and you can be molded into your purpose. The path of faithless to faith is one fraught with silence and waiting. Good preaching. I'm just letting it soak in. I'm letting it soak in. This is one of those messages that I had to preach to myself. And I cried and I wept because I'm in a season of waiting. The three days that existed between the crucifixion and the resurrection teaches us that the presence of silence never equals the absence of God in your life. All because God's not speaking and he's not delivering doesn't mean God's not there. You just got to wait. The four days between Lazarus dying and Jesus arriving never meant that Jesus had forgotten the prayers or lost his way. It was all about timing and purpose and faith. If Jesus would not have waited, we would not have had a miracle like we hear and preach and teach. The 13 years Joseph had to wait for the dreams to come to pass. And then overnight he arose from absolute obscurity to the palace. But he could have aborted God's purpose if he would have got impatient and weary and bitter and jealous because everybody else was moving around. I want to tell you today, let God do something in your life. Embrace the waiting season. Say, God, I know you have me here for a reason. I know that there is a purpose. God, let me embrace the waiting season. Let my faith grow because I know greater is coming. For Abraham, it was 25 years from Genesis 12 when God promised him to be the father of many nations until its fulfillment in Genesis chapter 21. It's not easy to wait. No one likes to wait. But I promise you, the longer that you wait, the more God is going to give. God is not going to delay and leave you empty-handed, but God is going to pour out something in your life. God is building something in your life that's going to exceed every expectation in your life because it isn't easy to wait. It demands persistence when common sense says give up. It says believe when there's no present evidence to get back up. Faith is forged in the delay. Character in your life is forged in the wait. And the forge is the gap between the promise and the fulfillment. The only way gold can become something beautiful is it has to go through the forge. And right now, your waiting season is the forge. And what is being developed in your life is going to be as precious as gold, as precious as silver, as precious as jewels. I want to tell you, embrace the wait in your life. I know you're getting impatient, but I'm telling somebody, let God finish the work in your life. Because we want it to happen now. We got it. You ordered Amazon Prime to get two days shipping. We don't like to wait. I don't like to wait. I promise you right now. 
You leave right now. Go to a meet. Get off the exit. That Popeye's line. Kid you not. I counted 37 cars. It goes through the line, through the parking lot, onto the shoulder, and onto the on-ramp. To get in line, you got to get on the interstate, go to Independence, turn around and come back, get off the interstate and get in line. I love Popeyes, but not that much. Piggly Wiggly, here I come. I ain't about waiting that long. We got self-checkout. I'll just do it myself. And you're still just as slow as him. You're trying to figure it out. Put an apple on there. You're trying to find that code. All right. <laughs> I ain't waiting. And God will put you right in the middle of a waiting season. Your nerves will be bad. Anxiety bad. You praying. You fasting. You trying to believe, God, I need an answer today. I'm going to go a three-day fast. God, you better give me my answer by the end of this fast. You get the three days, crickets. God says it ain't time yet. It ain't your moment yet. But I want to promise you, it's going to be worth the wait. Because no one of great faith obtained it through ordinary means. We are shaped into our destiny by sitting in the waiting room of God. For Israel... They went on a divine detour for 40 years because the wilderness, without the wilderness in their life, they would not have been able to sustain the promised land because it was in the wilderness, it was in the waiting season that they developed a relationship and a dependence. He put them in the wilderness so that they'll start praying and start communicating. And where they had no other choice but to depend on him for manna and water. Maybe what God is doing with you right now is saying you need to let go of the material things. You need to let go of the things that, the things that you trust in. Let go of the things that you believe in and depend on me and start communicating with me. Because God knows how to get your attention. And sometimes you just got to wait for him to call your name. And today I believe God is going to call somebody's name. I believe your waiting season is almost to an end. Because I want to tell you something. You're not going to walk out of your waiting season weak and frail. But you're walking out of your waiting season stronger than you've ever been. You're walking out full of faith and authority. You're not the same person that went into the season. You're coming out stronger and better and more powerful and more anointed than you've ever been. We love, 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 love Isaiah 40, 31. I've heard it preached. I've seen people run and shout. But you ever read that scripture? Slow. <laughs> Listen to it in context. But they that wait. Uh -huh. 
He ain't talking about a minute. <clears throat> but they that wait upon the Lord. There should have been like a comma or something right there. Because there's some things in your life you can never obtain until you learn to wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Meaning that you don't have access to those four things until you learn to wait. It's only then do you get strength in your waiting. It's only in the waiting season do you learn. To, then you learn to be elevated in your waiting. It's only then that in the waiting it trains us for enduring. In the waiting direction is established. I want to tell you something. The impatience imports God's intentions in your life. But the wonder of waiting is going to release the faith that God has placed in you. You may say all I have is a mustard seed faith. But God is developing something in your life life in your waiting season you're not always going to be grounded one day you're going to mount up on wings as eagles and you will soar one day you will run and not be weary one day you will walk and not faint but you have got to wait on the Lord thank God time has slowed down that was some pressure y'all you have no idea. I almost had Shane preach again. <laughs> but the waiting season is a critical place. Because the secret lies is what do you do while you wait? You watch Netflix while you wait? You just eat potato chips? Play checkers. What do you do while you wait? I say you praise him. I say you pray more now than you've ever prayed. I say you fast now more than you've ever fasted. I believe the season of waiting is established and made more powerful. But what you do while you wait. In the season of waiting, you don't miss prayer. In a season of waiting, you don't miss church. In a season of waiting, you make sure you open that word of God saying, God, I need to be strengthened day by day. Because if you're not worshiping and you're not praying and you're not believing and you're not building on what God is doing, then you don't really believe he's going to do it. Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. That was 25 years of his life. And he went through some things. He had to lose his, his, his nephew Lot. And his, uh, was it Brother Ralph spoke that he almost lost his wife. Somebody's almost stole her. 
He had to learn to intercede. I mean, a lot happened in 25 years. But if you also read between the lines, it was in those 25 years that he also began to dig wells. He began to gain his wealth. He began to establish territory. It was in the waiting season he fought kings and he built altars and he developed a relationship with God. Don't give up because you're waiting. Build yourself. Believe in God. Do something you've never done. Get in a ministry. Get your purpose. I know I'm waiting on my promise. I know I'm waiting on my prodigal. I know I'm waiting on my miracle. But in the meantime, I'm going to praise him. In the meantime, I'm going to give him glory. In the meantime, I'm going to do anything that I can. God, what do you need me to do while I'm waiting? Because I know when it's over. The waiting season is the most valuable thing that you can go through. I'm just trying to change your perspective. God said, get in there and let them know that if they will not give up, I'm going to exceed their expectation. They can't even imagine what I'm going to do in that church If they will just hang on just a little bit longer. If they'll let that faith grow just a little bit longer. If they just let me build something in their life. If they'll just trust me and love me just a little bit longer. I'm going to open the windows of heaven. And you will not believe what God will do. The Hoover Dam was built between 1931 and 1937 during one of the most trying times we experienced as a nation, the Great Depression. The Hoover Dam is what they call a gravity dam, meaning it was built by many blocks of concrete measuring five foot tall and ranging anywhere from 25 square feet to 60 square feet. Every day, they would stack these blocks to make the dam. Every day, every day, one more block. Every day, one more block. Collectively, it took over 32 million cubic yards of concrete to construct one of the last wonders of this world. Even after completion... Even after the dam was done, it took seven years for what we know as Lake Mead to fill. So you got the time of building, and you got the time of filling. And because of the weight... The dam today produces over 2,000 megawatts of capacity and has a yearly average of 4.5 billion kilowatt hours to serve the annual electrical needs of 8 million people in three different states. From the time it started to be built to the moment it was finally full was time and waiting. But not only that, was power produced, but it also brings water to places that needs a harvest. 
It was a redistribution of water to the much-needed farmlands in the basin. From the time the idea of such a structure began in 1922 to its final stage to produce power in a harvest in a desert place was 15 years. Waiting is a season of growth to support what God wants to do in your life. The Word of God says that your season sometimes is line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Every day that you lay waiting and waiting for God to do something is just another block. It's just another brick. It's another moment. It's another time. It's another place. And every day that you're waiting, you're getting stronger. You're getting taller. You're getting bigger. Because the power that God is going to perform in your life is going to exceed anything you ever imagined. The harvest that's going to come out of you will exceed everything that you've ever imagined. But you've got to let God build you day after day after day. It is said if God wants a mushroom, he can do it overnight. But if he wants a mighty oak, it even takes God years to build it. So you can be in your life today and not believe and not wait, and you can be a mushroom. Or you can just wait and let God grow you and strengthen you. And one day you're going to give coverage to people. You're going to give shade to people. You're going to give strength to people. You're going to overshadow people and protect people. I want to tell you something. There are people that is in this house today. I know you're struggling. And I know you're in the waiting season. And I know you've been praying. And you've been believing. But the end result in your life is going to open up the windows of heaven. There's going to be a revival in your house. There's going to be a revival in your family. There's going to be a revival in this church. Because you're going to wait on the Lord. Musicians, you can come. Musicians, you can come. Going back to my topic, my text, there was a man by the name of Simeon. And the same was a devout man, just man. He was waiting on the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And he was revealed by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. We love, we love Isaiah 40, 31. But the realization of that scripture in Isaiah 40, 31, it's actually called, that whole chapter of Isaiah 40 is called the consolation of Israel. Simeon, off the word of God, knew that one day, he would see Jesus Christ. But without the Holy Spirit to lead him and to guide him, he would not have known to be in the right place at the right time. The Bible says the Holy Spirit revealed unto him and told him, go to the temple. He wasn't even a priest. I always thought he was a priest. He wasn't even a priest. He was just a dude. Probably an old dude. But he was sitting, Brother Jason, in his favorite chair, being the best man of God he could be. And one day, the Spirit said, Hey, go to the temple. And he got up 
because he walked in the spirit and not in the flesh. And when he got there, he seen a little baby. And he said, is this the Christ? And Mary and Joseph said, yes. Waiting and being led in the spirit go hand in hand. You ready for this? Before Jesus ascended into heaven, the Bible tells us there was 500 people on that mountainside. Read 1 Corinthians 15 and 6. There was 500 people as Jesus ascended into heaven. And while he was there, he told them to go wait for the promise of the Lord. Luke 24, 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry. What's tarry mean? Ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He told 500 people. Now I'm going to tell you something. Pastor, if you're ever up here preaching and you start ascending, I'm listening. Be careful what you say. Just don't mess up no ceiling tiles. If I would have been there and Jesus, they, they may not have known Jesus, how we know Jesus. they just like, this is Jesus. And, and he starts, and he says, go wait. Guess what you do? That's what I thought. But the Bible tells us that not everybody waited. In Acts 1 and 15, it says, In those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, and it says in parentheses, the number of the names together were about 120. 380 people said, I'm not waited. We thought it was just a problem today. They said, we seen him arise and said, go wait. And 380 people made a conscious decision, I'm going to the house. It ain't worth my time. I just can't wait that long. I got things to do. I got work. 120 people decided that I'm going to go wait. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2 that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there was in one accord in one place. And there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared of them cloven tongues of fire. And it sat upon each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gave the utterance. The greatest promise you'll ever receive in your life is going to come at the end of a waiting season. Acts 1 and 8, and you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit is upon you. Today, I will challenge you not to leave here without the Spirit. Because the Spirit is what's going to carry you through the darkest seasons of your life. Because waiting can be so dark, it can be so cold, it can be isolation, desolation, woe is me. In those days, they'd put sackcloth and ashes on their head. Woe is me. 
But if you will let God's spirit today reignite the fire of faith in your life and you're willing to wait, God will do what he said he would do. Do you want God to do that? Do you still want that miracle? I know you stopped praying for it long ago. But I feel the Spirit urging me to tell people in this place, I know you've given up. But if you will let the fire begin to burn again, I will let you start right back where you left off. You have not lost any ground. If you will just give your life to God today. I know there's seasoned saints in here, but you know what? Don't give up. Don't give up on God. Can we stand? This is our moment. I believe this is the time where God's going to call us to soar. I don't know what 2022 is going to hold. The last two years have been just ignorant. And it's been a terrible two years. But you know what? I believe this next year can be the year that the waiting season's over. And I believe every prodigal that's being prayed for will come in. I believe every miracle that's been prayed for will happen. I believe God will open up the windows of heaven upon this place. If we're just willing to say, God, here I am. We're going down.